Last week I went to the dentist, that necessary evil, and this was a new one to me, as all things in my life have been in the past six months. I'm always nervous to go. I mean, dentists are so awkward. And there you sit, sweating and tense under a bright light with someone's hands in your mouth while that someone tries to make cheerful conversation with you. Like, if I nod my head, are you going to stab that sharp piece of metal further into my gums? My last dentist had a large screen with a picture of a coral reef displayed above your head so you could look up and be comforted by images of clownfish and guppies. But this one's decorations were a scripty font writ large on the wall, right? You know, now it's like a thing to decorate with with words, like, you know, live, laugh, love, and these flowery scripts pasted everywhere. But it was a little different in this dentist's room. The decorative font in the room that I was being examined in read bridges and implants. (laughs) And the next room, it said sealants and crowns. And in the next one after that, root canals and fillings. I mean, can you imagine this sort of decorating choice in other venues? Like, a description of life's worst experiences rendered as decoration? Like, the doctor's office? Spleen removal, amputation on the walls as you're sitting there being examined. Like, the, you go to the accountant's office and it says, back taxes and bankruptcy around the large. The airports are like strip searches and moving walkways. Like, it's a bizarre thing to do, I thought. The juxtaposition of these two images was jarring, to say the least. That may be something like what you just experienced walking into church on the first week of Advent. Outside, throughout the town, the lights are already hung, the village nativity displayed, the latest rounds of Starbucks cups rolled out with Christmassy themes, though I guess you guys are like Dunkin' people. I don't know if they have the same outcry about Dunkin' Christmas cups or not around here. You come to church on Advent, the season of waiting, and instead of finding the words joy or Noel or ho, 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 writ in the frilly font of a cheerful season, you hear the worst of life's experiences unflinchingly described by our Lord. Jesus says there will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on earth distress among nations, confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. This is hardly the cute little baby already ensconced in the manger a few blocks away from us. A jarring juxtaposition. I like this about us. When everyone else rolls out the garland, we roll out the apocalypse every single advent. We begin this season with the end of all things, the coming of the Son of Man in glory and power, and we move backward chronologically, 
eventually arriving at Christmas to the arrival of the infant king. We move backward from here to John the Baptist, and we spend a couple of weeks with him until we finally get one week of comfortable ground where Gabriel visits Mary. I like this about us, the way we prepare for the greatest hope we have as humankind. Because there is indeed great hope in this movement, even in its scenes of desolation. I like this because I could not abide by a hope that asked me to focus only on the flowery letters. I could not endure a hope that could not encompass the reality of strife and anxiety and fear in this life. A hope that cannot hold all of what Jesus describes to us is not hope. It's wishful thinking and denial which lead us to bad theology that puts root canals into script and attempts to pass them off as a pleasant scene. I mentioned to you a couple of weeks back that apocalyptic thinking is a way of describing actually the here and now, though we often don't see it this way. When someone loses a lover and describes the light going out of the world for them, we know it is not because the lost lover stopped paying the power bill. There's an emotional resonance to these words of Jesus today. Apocalypse means revealing. It reveals the truth of what underlies our lives, the truth that can evade our notice because of the chaotic nature of life, like Jesus is describing. And I think most of us do actually live fairly chaotic lives beyond the obvious political and environmental realms, Busy, stressed, barely making ends meet, raising children, taking care of parents, battling illnesses, fighting through traffic, facing our own mortality. This time of year ratchets it all up a notch, adding more debt and activities to an already overtaxed life. The sensations that Jesus described aren't so unfamiliar, are they? He uses a word, uh, distress, in this reading, which means in the Greek it's this term of a feeling, of a constriction around the heart. I know that feeling. The anxiety and tension in the body itself, the perplexity, confusion, and even occasionally panic, the sense of not being able to draw a breath. Far from being outlandish and far-fetched, these apocalyptic predictions may describe pretty accurately our world and how we move through it and live in it. Jesus does not use this apocalyptic language to assure us that someday we will go off to some happier, detached place. That kind of thinking does not exist in the Bible. He is not trying to tell us how to escape. I don't know if you notice this. He's trying to tell us how to live in these times with these sort of feelings. Wait, Jesus says, for the Son of Man is coming. He says our waiting must look differently than the world's way, with the anxious pacing 
the clenched jaw, the nervous activity, the tight throat. Jesus says, when you feel this, lift up your hands, lift up your heads, stand up straight, keep your posture open, your heart open, stay alert, he says. When you feel this way, God is appearing, and it is apparently something that can be easily missed. Think on the leaves of spring, he says, consider the birds. Have faith. Brene Brown says that she always expected faith to be like an epidural, something that was there to numb the pain that she was going through. She discovered faith was more like a midwife, someone saying, this is going to hurt. Now breathe. Keep your head up. Life is coming into the world. Breathe. 